Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Coming to you live from the Oaklawn Hot Springs studio. Oaklawn, Arkansas's only casino resort. Now, here's Justin Agri and DJ Williams on the Buzz Radio Network. This is 10% luck, 20% skill, 15% concentrated power of need his name up in lights, he just wants to be heard, whether it's the beat of the mic, he feels so unlike everybody else, alone, in spite of the fact that some people still think that they know, but no, he knows the code, it's not about the salary, it's all about reality, and making some noise, making a story, making sure his click stays up, that means when he puts it down, talks picking it up, let's go. Anyway, he never really talks much, never concerned with status, but still even him starstruck. Humble through opportunities, given despite the fact that many misjudge him because he makes a living from writing rats. Put it together himself, got a picture connect. Never asking for someone's help, but to get some respect. He's only focused on what he wrote, his will is beyond reach. And now it all unfolds, he's killing all this is 20% skill, 80% fear, be 100% clear, cause why you was ill? Who would have thought he'd be the one that set the West in flames? Then I heard him wreck it with the crystal method, name of the game. Came back, dropped mega death, took him to church. I like bleach, man. Why you had the stupidest verses? Dude, is the truth. Now everybody giving them guest spots and stocks through the roof. I heard from a death This is 10% luck, 20% skill, 15% concentrated power of will, 5% pleasure, Sick and he's spitting fire and mice. Got him out the dryer, he's hot. Found him in Fort Minor with top. But a fucking nihilist, porcupine. He's a he's a the type. Women want to be within rappers. Hope he gets eight years in the making. All right, let's get into it. It's Thursday. Thank you for being with us. It's our last day in the Oaklawn Racing Casino Resort Studio. But we are going to just go to Oaklawn tomorrow. And just be there on site instead. We are happy to be here, though. We got a busy show today, and Josh Neighbors is hungover. I don't mean like he drank too much last night. He's hanging over from the morning show. We normally don't do carryovers. That was kind of a rule, or at least a guideline that we try to follow. But you know, in your case, since I know it was a busy day for the morning guys, and I felt like you didn't get enough words on the air. Not to mention, I wanted to introduce you to people who don't necessarily listen all the time in the morning, or don't get to hear all your great witticisms in the six to ten window. The, or the Guatney, uh, Guatney postgame show. The Guatney postgame show was great. We love the Guatney Chevrolet, Guatney Buick GMC postgame show. I listen to it all the time. Particularly tough year for you. It's a hard way to settle in on it. Yeah, that's... Uh, I, look, I really appreciate the opportunity to do it. Uh, I appreciate you giving me a chance to do it. I would appreciate... Nobody else wanted it. I would appreciate if the team was a bit better. Uh, I would. That, that's something I would appreciate. I think that's the point. There have been a lot of 8 p.m. games, which means a lot of... 10.30 to 10.45 start time at the post-game show. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think I would remember this year a lot more fondly if I was like, well, it was great. They're winning a bunch of games. They're winning the big run, which is still, I guess, technically possible. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just... If been, Must stays and they're better next year, you'll have a lot more fun. Yes, I, I totally agree with that. If Eric Musselman... I mean, here, the thing is, I think somebody else could come in and still do a good job. You know, it's not, mm. Arkansas doesn't have resources, but uh, mm. that was something that we kicked around on the morning show is the idea of Eric Musselman leaving, and I think that is... I'm 60-40 staying, maybe 65-35 staying. I'd be terribly concerned about the next step if he left. For Arkansas? Yes, that's right. About I lived, I lived through the 25 yeah. years of no Sweet 16s. I don't want to go back there. And I Again, every move is a risk. You don't know what's yes. going to happen. Even a guy who's good on paper or a guy who's had success, like a Bielema, it's not a guarantee that you're going to transition and things are going to go well. You never know. I mean, and even Musk, I mean, look, Nevada's Nevada, and he had lots of experience in, in the NBA and all the things. But he didn't know he was going to be great here. Everybody was excited about him coming in, but nobody knew he was going to be a great coach or a really good coach or a good coach. I'm not great yet. I'm on, I'm yeah, on. he's not great. Yeah, he's not great. Yet. Yeah. I mean, comparatively. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Maybe you get to the final like my, like Yeah, great coaches are like Jerome... Ta- oh, Jerome... Scott Drew. Uh, yeah. Bill you, Self. Jerome. Well, you really love that Baylor team, don't you? You really love you some Baylor. Love Baylor. They're yeah. so much fun to watch. 
You know, I like watching Iowa State. Uh, DJ Otzelberger potentially eventually going to be a great coach. Also, also, how would you feel if if Arkansas said, "All right, TJ, well, you probably wouldn't love that." They they threw all the money at TJ Otzelberger, try to get him to come to Fayetteville. I wouldn't care. Do we get Hoiberg back in uh, Ames? Do you want Fred Hoiberg back in Ames? Yeah, a thousand percent. He's done a great job in Nebraska this season. He's done a very good job. Yeah, that's a hard job. That's a hard that's basketball. A really that's hard that's one thousand percent a. Uh, Football school, baseball school, basketball school. Football school that's not good at football. Have they ever had any success at Nebraska basketball was? Yeah. They've they've been okay. When Tyron Lue was there, they were pretty good. When Danny Knee was the coach, they were pretty solid. I can't yeah, I mean I think in our lifetime I can't remember. I was sitting on the end line shooting video for the the school T V station when I was in college on a big beta thing. Actually we were using three quarter tape then. Three quarter tape machine. And uh there comes Tyron Lue. I've never really seen them be successful in basketball, but I've also never really seen them be successful in football. So, yeah. So the Indomitian Sioux Prince of Mukamara that teams. That wasn't that I long guess, ago. Uh, was it Taylor Martinez the quarter? No, he, was, he wasn't a quarterback on that team. I forget who he was after. And then Rex Burkhead. I think they had a nice the Burkhead Martinez tandem had a nice. Well, Bo Pelini was winning eight eight games. What year were you born? Year. 96. 97 for me, yeah. yeah. you were really young. The early 2000 teams were, were pretty darn good. Well, their big advantage was yeah, being on television. Ones. You know, they, they were one of the teams that was always nationally televised. I think you're confusing them with the Cubs and the Braves. No. Well, <laughs> anyway, yeah. busy day today. We're going to talk about what happened in the SEC last night. Pat Bradley will join us in the second hour because we don't feel like Josh is suffering enough, so he needs to talk some hoops. We are going to be very positive and supportive of Devo Davis because guess what? He's trying his heart out just like his teammates are. And that was a tough loss the other night, admittedly. Now, we'll ask him about some things that went wrong and thoughts on the matchup with Kentucky. This is a Kentucky team that's got it rolling right now. They've got the best freshman in the SEC, maybe in the country, and they're playing really well right now. And, you know, you got him and you got Connect and Tennessee last night rolled up Auburn. Very impressive, especially Connect on the stretch. Very, 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 very good. South Carolina pulled one out against A&M last night. Good road win for them. Yeah, there were some really good good uh, college basketball games last night, so hope you got a chance to watch some of them. Illinois, we called it yesterday. Wes and I were talking about this. He, he threw in the over part that uh, his buddy Brian Edwards pitched in, but uh, the best cover team in America, Minnesota, they're like 19-4 and four against the number this yeah. year. So if you need a wager suggestion, I don't know why I didn't ride them as my lock of the week, but I did strongly push for that. I liked Iowa State under. I think uh, Oklahoma scored about 12 points last night. Yeah, that was old-school Iowa State performance. I picked stupid uh, Eastern Kentucky, though. They blew it. They had a chance to win their league outright last night against a team that's inferior to them, and they blew it. So Arkansas State? I picked them, but I didn't like them to cover. And they did cover. It was a nine-and-a-half point line. I think they won by 11. So kudos to them. More importantly for them, they don't care about betting. Uh, kudos to the Red Wolves last night going on the road and getting a win against Coastal Carolina mm-hmm. where dreams go to die. 71-60 to the final. Tonight at Little Rock, it is all hands on deck. You better get up in there and wear white. Now, they're going to be giving away white T-shirts to the first. I don't know how many fans that come in there. But if you got white Little Rock gear or just white gear in general, roll up into the jack tonight and support your team because they need your help, and it's a big one tonight. And they need to stay on track for the men to try to win their conference title. And then for the women, it's a big game for them, too, for positioning. I'll have to ask Trey exactly what the sitch is there, but anyway, they're in the mix very much, so uh, yeah, big night if you want to watch some college hoops right on the road. And oh, by the way, nice up here. Somebody mentioned they might be a 16 seed. Um, Who? The, it, Little Rock, if they were to go to the tournament. Little Rock's men? Yes. Well, they have... You, I could see it, yeah. I don't know if... I feel like... The, Maybe like a 14. Yeah, like a 15, because usually you see like the NAC champion, the American East champion. OVC and, champions usually a decent team. Right, and then the MEAC and SWAC, uh, the, the HBCUs typically end up at the 16, so... Have you looked at the strength of the OBC in the net? I don't know what it is. I haven't. I, I know do Moorhead know... State's, like, the best team. Uh, what? Record-wise. Who? Moorhead State. Moorhead State. Yeah. I do know that the last time that Little Rock went, they played in Dayton, so admittedly, that was in the Sun Belt. Although yeah. that was not a bad basketball league. It's not a bad... I forgot who they played in Dayton, but I do remember the Purdue game. Oh, they blew it. I think they lost in... I say they blew it. I think they lost in overtime. It was a really close game. That was the last time they went? They lost in, Day- in Dayton? Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. I thought the last time they went was when they beat uh, Purdue, and then they lost to Iowa State and George Niang. You're 100% right. Yeah. Yep. You're right. George's Niang. George. Not George's. Not George's. It's 2016, no. I believe. Yeah, you're right. Yep, that's exactly right. That was uh, who's the point guard that hit the deep, deep now, shot? Rajon Tucker, right? No, for who, for which team? Uh, for Little Rock. Uh, I was gonna say. No, no. Dang it! What was his name? Can't remember. 
You're I, totally I, right. I, I, I totally can spaced see the it. shot in my head right now. Yeah, that was a great game. They got handled in the second round, but that was a huge win. But and another uh, that was kind of typical of Purdue, right? I mean, get to the tourney, be a high seed, fall in your face. Matt Painter, love Matt, it. The Matt Painter special. He paints his way into a corner and right, right out of the here. tournament. Yeah. Yes, sir. They got a uh, Tennessee State tonight at the Jack. Yes. Yeah. Go get you some. I think uh, men's game is like at eight tonight. It's a, yeah. if I'm not. Oh, and it's on ESPNU. It's the first it's time I think they've Leo. had a nationally televised game since they went to Division One in a home home game. So Arkansas State had one earlier in the season, so it's good to see the in-state teams getting some love. Uh, let's see. What else do we have to talk about? Oh, we got to talk about this 14-team playoff thing. We're going to get to it. And when Chris Kane comes in at 11, we'll visit with him some more. But that is the newest proposal. It's been kicked around. I thought it was kind of a pie-in-the-sky, wild, just out-of-the-out-of-left-field uh, sort of thought process. But apparently this is gaining real traction, and that's going to be our question of the day today. What do you want to see happen? The 14-team format... Just go to 16 already. That's what I would say. Uh, go uh, to stay with 12 or go back to the old BCS days of the top two teams. Go head-to-head, which I think in most years is going to knock it out anyway. But Wouldn't it matter how you structure it? That's the big question, right? Who gets the automatic qualifiers? How are those decided? What is the value of a conference championship? This is being discussed heavily, and it's a 3-3-2-2-1 format, which would go into effect in 26. Three automatic bids to the Big Ten the SEC two to the ACC and Big 12, and one to the highest-ranked group of five team. Boah. I'm fine with that. I actually what? think that's equitable. I actually Why? Don't believe it's no. equitable. I think it's idiotic. Well, I mean, once again, the reason why you're doing that is, is I was actually shocked. I thought the number that I saw kicked around for ESPN, the television contract for the 12 team, was a little bit lower than I thought it would be. I think there is uh, some questions about the amount of interest. And I think the whole point of the guaranteeing the SEC and the Big Ten this many slots is you're guaranteeing that you're going to get TV draws, right? That's the whole point of guaranteeing those those teams is you're getting getting you're going to get big games because you're guaranteeing big TV draw, draws getting into the the tournament. Yeah, in most years you're going to get three and three anyway. So why guarantee it? If they don't earn their way in, then why bother? It's I dumb. think I think once again because the television companies are like, okay, now we know we're going to get Bama, we know we're going to get Georgia, we know we're going to LSU, which you might you might anyway. Right. But this is saying you can bank it, and then on top of that, you get to add uh, LSU. You know, you take your pick of whatever SEC team that you want to put in there. Okay, so then you get Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State, maybe. Maybe you get Iowa. Maybe you get. Does Iowa have a huge national draw? I don't think no, so. Uh, you're hoping Oregon, right? You're hoping Washington. You're hoping USC. They're uh, going to have three good teams, but again, I think it's unnecessary to throw the caveat in. And again, nobody gets it. I mean, I understand they want to give big benefit to the top teams. That's fine, but I just play a 16 team playoff already. Hey man, FCS does what 24? Yeah, they've been doing it for years. They do 24, and they also have way less resources. So just play a 16 and let's move on already and be done with it. I Also, here's an idea. Why don't we try the 12 for a minute? Maybe we'll like that. We're going to uh, try it for two years, yeah. right? But the whole po- I guess the whole point is, look, if we're going to go 12, let's go 14, let's go 16, let's just make sure we can guarantee as many games as possible, which is the entire point of the exercise. I like this idea better than expanding the NCAA tournament, which is what they've been talking yes. about. Yes. Basketball? Yeah. Which they are going to do anyway. But like, I, take it to like eighty or something. I saw Joe and already do the expanded bubble, and I was like, I thinking about the like, teams. teams. Suck. I think they play. Here's the thing: basketball. You play so many games. Like I, I know these teams don't deserve to get in. Right? You have played right. thirty games, and you're this level of team. I know you don't deserve to be in. You know, I, I, I know you should not be in the dance. I do think if they expand, they should put in like those teams that win their regular season but lose in the conference tournament. Yeah, I agree. Get yeah. in. They, I agree with that. I agree with that. Yeah, regular season yeah. championships should get you to the dance if you're gonna if you're gonna expand. I will say this, just like with football, it's not going to change the outcome. No. Because if you take the top 12 teams, 99% of the time, the champion's coming out of those 12. You can make it 16, 24, 55, 109, I don't care. You can let everybody in. The top 12 teams are going to make it. Basketball, if you go beyond 68, it is completely pointless you're not going to have a different champion than you would at 68. In fact, I think we can all agree, you could shrink it and still yeah. get the same outcome as yeah. far as who's going to win the championship yeah. most years. Basketball, it's more likely you get a different outcome. The reason why I say that is because I, I, the example of VCU is what I would use. So when VCU made the Final Four run, that is not a team that had any business being in the tournament. They lost in the CAA semifinal. 
But because of the nature of basketball, they did get hot, right? And, and I think especially the three-point shot now, teams can get hotter. True. I do think, relatively speaking, like nobody was beating UConn last year, right? Well, nobody was beating Baylor back in tw- 2021. Football, it's there's you could you can go as many teams as you want to. Well, you are not changing the outcome in football. Well, still, <laughs> like in basketball, VCU made that Final Four run, and we usually do have a higher seed make the Final Four. Yeah, George Mason but, made it to the Final Four for God's sake. But still. The top seeded team's going to win the national championship. Typically, yeah. Usually. But I mean, it's it's nice to yes. see, like you know, again. And Butler is certainly a well established program. I mean, they're sort of a a colleague of of Gonzaga, but they've actually been to the final a couple of times. Yeah, twice. So it is doable. Basketball is certainly it's it's more likely that you get a long shot in there. But football wise, it's just a completely different animal. But again, I don't like these people who are like you're giving too much access now. Four is too restrictive. It just is. Yeah, I, I, I just think that, four yeah. is too restrictive. You cannot tell me the eighth team in the country doesn't have a shot to win the national championship. I do not believe that. I do not believe that. I, don't, I will not hear that. I do not want to listen to that. Now, you want to tell me the eighth best team in women's basketball can't win the national title? I'll hear that. Yeah, because there's only two teams that really I mean, Iowa beat a conference team, and it's almost the end of the season. They beat a conference team by like 60 last night. Right. I mean, what are right. we doing? In football, you know, the, the, the issue you have, like this year... You know, I would have loved to see Jaden Daniels in a playoff because I think and look, they lost Florida State pretty badly the first game of the year. But honestly, they, that team was like it was like watching a high scoring basketball team, right? Sure. They were going to try to outshoot you and outgun you. And the thing was, they you know, they beat Missouri one game, they lost to Ole Miss. And like that's kind of how things went for them this year. Um, I would love to see a situation where a player like that got in. The one the one place where it actually does get tricky for me is. I think about a 12-team playoff. Think about Oregon this year, right? Oregon uh, probably would have been in the 12-team playoff. No, Oregon no, they would definitively yeah, they would have been in the 12-team playoff. But here's my issue with that. Their biggest game of the year, they lost. Right. And they actually lost it twice, right? Mm-hmm. They lost to Washington two times this year. Once at Washington and by once, what? Like two points, three once, points. Okay, and I left that game thinking they were the better team. But then they got I thought so too. on a neutral field, and they were not the better team second time around. And sure. so I'm thinking, man, you know... Josh... I watch basketball teams play a game and win by 15 and then lose the next game by 20. Right. Teams have bad days. Things happen. Right. And a game can be completely played out differently between two like teams. So if you think, if you, do you think if Oregon and Washington played on a neutral field 10 times this last season, how many games do you think Oregon would have won? You know, if you asked me that after the first game, I would have said five. I would have said maybe actually six. Yeah. I think Oregon would have won six. You asked me now afterwards, though, after they played twice, I might say four or yeah, three. Three or four. Honest. Again. Three or four, yeah. But that's still like... Enough. Worthy of watching right. it. It's still worthy of right. having the gameplay. Right. And in, here's the great thing in the tournament, you only got to win once. Yeah. And the, but your point about getting the same result is going to be true because I think about also, think about TCU last season, right? So they beat Michigan, massive shock. They get absolutely run by Georgia. It is now harder for a team like TCU because to even get to a championship game, and, and this, this example of TCU, you know, it's even worse for them. They didn't win the conference, so they wouldn't have gotten a bye in a 12-team playoff. TCU has to win three games to make a championship game now. Well, at least you still have a chance. You do, but here's the thing is we're going to get the same result anyway. Right, like, yeah. and, and I'm fine with that because the best team should win. Um, I just like the idea that, you know, I think it's important to note through, through all of this, it's nice that we're giving everybody access because in an age where everything's coalescing towards the top, especially the Big Ten and the SEC, it's nice that there are still ways that, hey, you can recruit a kid at Tulsa and say, yeah, if we go 13-0, we're, we're going to be in the college football playoff. Right. And this way, every single kid who pl- is playing college football actually kind of in a way does have a chance to this, play for national championship. And this isn't trying to change the result. They're not trying to change exactly. Alabama versus Georgia. They're just trying to make more money off more games. Exactly. Yeah, That's I won't go doing. into my whole there should be another level of championship football because it's point it's a waste of time or it's nobody's it's nobody's gonna do it. Right. And the thing is the group of five teams don't want it because the access to the playoff is too you know financially substantial. And they also want to feel like they're a big dog, even though, again, even a 13-0 Tulsa team, Josh, you know, does not have a chance to win a national championship right now. There's just too no. many differences between the haves not and have-nots. There, be there should be, between FCS and the FBS Power 5, there should be another level of championship because, you know what? It may not draw TV ratings, but guess what? They keep putting the FCS division championship on national ESPN, TV. Yeah. They, put, they put the Division 2 championship, and I watched Harding on television win the national title last year. So I'm pretty sure there'd be a draw for a... Tulsa versus, right. I, you know, Air I, Force. I think you have to be careful, though, because the one thing, 
if you just took like the 30 or 40 best teams in college football and made them into their own league, I think you have to be careful because what you're offering is not the highest level of football, right? I can watch that every Sunday. So if you're giving me a super league of basically the Big Ten of the SEC, if I'm a Kansas State fan, I can watch K-State and whoever matters to K-State. You know, if Iowa State game that matters to me, I'll watch Iowa State play too. And I can watch my Chiefs on Sunday. Why should I watch Bama versus Clemson, Bama versus Oregon, if it's got no impact on my college team and what happens with them, and it's not also the highest level of football? Kansas State isn't the highest level of football, so what's your point? No, it, well, it, but right now it is. Like, Kansas State can play Alabama. But right. if, if Kansas State cannot play Alabama... Who said that? I'm saying in a Super League situation, you, you'd be cutting out... I'm not talking about Super League. I'm talking about Group of Five versus Power Five. I'm saying the Group right, of Five teams have no access to a national championship. Draw, but, but I think that ultimately ends to them drawing... I think the lines get drawn, like... I said I wasn't going to argue this, and here we are. SEC, Big Ten, <laughs> everybody else. I, I think once you go down that road... Nah. That's I, dumb. I think so. Um, no, 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 no. There, you, take, you cannot tell me that Florida State, if they were fully healthy and had their quarterback, couldn't have won the national championship or at least been competitive in a, in a championship But they're going to end up being in whatever this Super League thing is. I'm not trying to create a Super League. My point is ACC teams will, will have a legitimate chance to win a national title. So will Big 12 teams. I don't like the idea of giving one Power 5 league more entry points than the other, but most years, let's be real, like you're going to get at least three Big 10 teams, and a lot of years are going to get four. Same with the SEC, and that's fine. I don't have an issue with that. I think once you start disenfranchising teams, it, it's not going to end. Like, why should Wake Forest or Syracuse get a shot? Because they don't make us money at all. I think that eventually becomes the calculus. They're going to say, look, why don't we just have teams that make us money, that give us big matchups? Nah. I don't want that. I don't think. I that's don't want good. it either. But I think, I think for it co- goes. college football fans, I think look at things a little bit differently too. My point is, I don't look away. F- and I don't think you do either. Wake Forest and Kansas State and Kansas and Iowa State, the same as I do, you know, Mountain West teams. It's not the same. But Josh Pate said it. The people who are running college football right now, they don't look at it as fans. They look at it as business, business people model. trying to make as much money as possible. Yeah, of um, course. And that's where that's where I think we get. It doesn't matter who's in the twelve team. If it's, if it's a game that is impactful in who's going to win the title, even if it's a mismatch, people are going to watch it. Now, they'll watch the better matchups more, maybe, yeah. but you're still going to have tons of people tuning in because this is a playoff game. When you put the P word on it, people are going to tune in. That P word. But uh, back to our question of the day. What do you think of the college football playoff likely expanding to a 14-team playoff in 2026? Great idea. Stay at the 12-team playoff. Expand to 16 or go back to the BCS format? Yeah, because I think a lot of people, like Barrett Salee, will make the argument that the top BCS. two teams every year are the is, is a no-brainer, well, and it's usually going to be that's the... That's what I've always argued. It's like, you go into the season, there's three or four teams that legitimately have a chance to win a national championship, and the rest of the games don't even matter. Right. But, but TCU would have been left out a couple years ago, and they ended up making the title. They never, now they, they got never, killed, but they got there. They never trailed against Michigan in that game. And also think about this year, too... Uh, there Washington, were a lot of people who didn't think Michigan well, had a chance when the 14 playoff started. And Washington was a was an underdog against Texas. You know, I, I thought Texas would win that game too. So I mean, yeah. you know, I think there's a, there's a case to be made. That's why we want to watch the games play out. We don't play yeah. these games on paper. Yeah, you never know with the top dogs. Yes, I do know if Georgia played again Air Force a hundred times, they beat them a hundred and five times. Right. Debo Davis coming up. The Buzz is your home for Arkansas Razorback basketball. Coverage is brought to you by Kaufman by Design West, Guatney Chevrolet, Guatney Buick GMC, R-Care, and Parker Cadillac. This is SportsCenter. Busy night in the top 25 last night in college basketball. First, it was number four Tennessee taking down Auburn 92-84 at Thompson Bowling Arena. Dalton Connect ties a career high with 39 points, including 27 in the second half. He himself outscored Auburn in the last 12 minutes of the game. Also in the SEC last night, number 24 Florida downs Missouri 83-74. Number 18 South Carolina wins at Texas A&M 70-68. And Alabama ranked number 14 in the country beats Ole Miss on the road, 103-88. to Elsewhere in the top 25, Marquette takes down Providence, 91-69. to Number 10, Duke beats Louisville, 84-59. to And also, Arizona takes care of Arizona State, 85-67 to on the road. I'm Josh Neighbors for the Buzz Radio Network. 
Watney Chevrolet is your destination for big Chevy savings. For a limited time, get a 2024 Equinox SUV for just $22,390 or a roomier 2024 Tahoe SUV for just $65,499. Restrictions apply, so be sure to visit WatneyChevrolet.com to learn more about these big Chevy deals. Or stop by and see us at 1301 TP White Drive in Jacksonville for a test drive and more savings on your favorite Chevy models. Chevrolet. Together, let's drive. If you are looking for a safe and loving home for you or your loved one, visit Heartland Rehabilitation and Care Center. Just 15 minutes from Little Rock and Benton, our skilled nursing staff is dedicated to providing quality long-term care and short-term therapy. Visit heartlandrehabcenter.com. You can call Heartland home. Connor has cash. Once again, Connor has cash at the Pickles Gap Weapon Shack in Conway. Connor will buy your used weapon or he will buy your entire collection. Once again, Connor has cash and he wants to buy your used weapons at the Pickles Gap Weapon Shack, Highway 65 North in Conway. Attention Arkansans, low interest rates are back at Red River Ford of Cabot. And we've got a huge selection of new Ford F-150s. And you can get 1.9% for 72 months. Folks, you heard me right, 1.9%. Like I said, low interest rates are back. And at Red River Ford, we've also got the discounts to go along with it. Make that easy drive here to exit 19 or check us out at RedRiverFordCabot.com. For Arkansas's best buying experience. You're back in the zone. You know, we disagree on things from time to time, but one thing's for sure. I'm an Arkansas Razorback fan. <laughs> what do they say now here? Woo, pigs. Now, let's root for those hogs and stay tuned yeah, to the man, zone. Man. Slam that door. She broke my heart. That girl. All right, welcome back in the zone. It is 10:32, And on the Brandon Moving and Store Totland is our guy, Devo Davis. Talking some hog hoops. What's up, Devo? How are you? What's up? What's up? How you guys doing? I'm doing well. Man, we're all right. Looking forward to the weekend. Always fun to have a chance to knock off Kentucky. But we got to talk about what happened the other night, and I think a lot of us were very surprised, frankly. Now, listen, there's some talent on that Vanderbilt team. I mean, Magnon is a tough guy to deal with, and their big dude had the night of his life the other night. But uh, where do you put that loss in perspective, I guess, comparatively to some of the other ones you've been through over the years? Um, um, can't say they're they're not a good team because they're they're a good co- they're a good team, well coached team, and um, sad that we did lose that game. But um, for the losses that I've been a, been a part of, I mean that's one of the lowest ones for sure. Um, of course, because we, we really needed that game, um, but. Like you said, we got to focus on the next game and try to get ready to knock off Kentucky, like you just said. So, what was the uh, on the defensive end? What, what did what did Vanderbilt do that made it tough on you guys? They they had one of their best nights offensively of the season. Yeah, I think it was just you know switching up their their defensive schemes, um, switching things up from the zone to man press. Then they started pressing a little bit, so kind of switching things up a lot and and kind of hit us in the mouth, and we really weren't expecting it. And so, uh, uh, credit to them. You know, uh, they had a great game plan coming into Bud Walton. What about on their offensive end, Devo, as far as what they did that was so successful? That was the, I think it was the first time they scored 80 this year. And, you know, again, we, like I just mentioned, I mean, they've got some dudes. I mean, they have not really achieved at a very high level this year, but they've got some guys that can go. Um, what, what did they do offensively that caused you guys trouble? I think they, I think, like you said, Mignon, he was getting to his spots, and then everyone else was just feeding off his energy. Um, we, we, we know that we knew going into the game that he was going to try to get a lot of paint touches, um, get to the paint a lot. And we um, failed at, at, at our job by keeping him out of the paint, you know, keeping him from getting to his spots. And like I said, credit to them. They um, played. A really good game, probably one of the best game of the season, you know. And uh, it's, of course, we know um, us being Arkansas, um, everyone's gonna bring it to us every single every single game, um, and, and we have to be able to step up to the plate and, and execute. And we just failed to do that, but um, I think we'll be fine. Focus on the next game, and, and, and like and and like you brought up. Man, get ready to play Kentucky and try to get the, get get one in the Lexington. You, you've 
faced a lot of good offensive players. Just one more question on Vandy, then we'll move on to Kentucky. But uh, you faced a lot of good offensive guys. Manion is pretty special from a quickness standpoint. How do you rank him, or are there guys that stand out to you that are quicker than him that you faced over the years? Um, yeah, um, he's he's small, so uh, he's pretty quick. Mm, he's 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 pretty good, you know. Um, I, I didn't get to guard him a lot, and so. I can't really put um, a specific thing on what he did really well. I just seen it from my perspective of him getting to his spot, him being able to correct for himself. Mm-hmm. And then, like like I said, the other guy just fed off of his energy, you know? Well, if you guys face him in the tournament, I need you to guard him some more because I know it, I know you can handle that. <laughs> I want to see you rough him up a little bit. Um, let me ask you about uh, your teammate, Caleb Battle. The last couple of games he's exploded, and he's kind of had a bookend season. He started out red hot, and then he had kind of that lull in the middle, but he has really come back in a big way with over 70 the last two games combined. What's working well for him, and, and did you feel like this was coming for him, like he was trending towards exploding a little bit on the offensive end? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um He's been playing really, really good, um, and that's what we expect. He's a really great offensive player for sure, and, and him being able to be so explosive on the offensive end, um, it just helps us, you know. Um, it takes a lot of toll off of guys like um, Tremont Mark, you know, uh, who can also go the ball really well and, and other guys, and you know. So, um, yeah, um, he's been playing really well, um, and I'm, I'm glad he really he, he's really playing really well. We need him to keep that up, you know, um, mm-hmm. going into Lexington, you know, we gonna, we don't really need it. You know, it's, um, Kentucky not, and, and going into Lexington, it's not, it's not easy to go in there and win. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we gonna need, uh, some definitely, um, explosive offensive performances from, um, guys like, Kelly Battles and so, um, I know he can, I know he can score. Um, and then other guys know he can score. So we just, Want to, we, want, we want to make sure he stays consistent and make sure um, he's getting to his spots and making sure the ball is in his hands when it's, when it's needed. Um, fans get very excited, Devo, when their team plays against Kentucky, and certainly Arkansas and Kentucky have had some great battles over the years, some memorable ones really in Lexington and in Fayetteville. D- does this game feel different to you? Do you get more excited to play Kentucky? Is that a big game for you? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, basically, over the past few years, um, I didn't. We didn't win into Kentucky and won. You know, since I've been here, we won um, a couple times in Lexington. So, yeah, um, going there and, and getting the win would, would be exciting. And um, a lot of these guys haven't played it in Kentucky, and so it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be a fun atmosphere for them. And yeah, for sure, I'm ready. And, and like you said, um, a lot of fans are preparing to be able to watch that game and, and see. Um, the the atmosphere and the explosiveness um, of the, the the dynamics of the players that's going to be playing in this game. And so um, yeah, I'm excited. I know a lot of other people are excited. I know the team is excited as well. So. Uh, DJ's off this week, and Josh Neighbors, our morning producer, who's a basketball fanatic, is sitting in with us, and he wanted to talk to you a little bit about Kentucky today. Yeah, so uh, okay. anytime, Devo, you get a team that's got guards like Reeves, they've got the two off the bench, Dillingham, and obviously Reed Shepard has a big game. Uh, I mean, they all do a little bit of a little bit of something different. So, what's the challenge for you as a guy? You know, prides yourself on defense. When you know, hey, you might have to draw the assignment of any of those guys uh, you know, on any given possession, and they all do something a little bit different from from the other one. They're all obviously, you know, really good players too. Yeah, um, like you said, they're all really good players. Um, they all have their 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 points where they are good at, and so um, just making sure that. Me um, and the guys that will be guarding those guys are going over our scouts and making sure that um, we're making things hard for them. You know, um, they're, they're going to be playing in their home in their in their home gym, and so of course they're going to be a little comfortable. You know, and so we need to make things hard for them um, and and not and not let them get easy looks at all. And I think that's something that that we uh, look at and take a big toll. If we look at that and, and make sure that. We make things uh, a little difficult for them. Um, we have a chance, you know. Is that the toughest true road environment you go to, or are there other places that are on par? You think with Kentucky, uh, Kentucky and Tennessee. Okay. What I've been a part of, yeah, Kentucky and Tennessee. Um, it's, it's pretty tough. 
uh, playing in both of those environments. Um, you know, the, the tradition um, that those places have and, and knowing that what the crowd brings. And so, yeah, Kentucky and Tennessee, um, has, since I've been here, has been two tough road games that um, I've been part of that I think um pretty pretty exciting, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But from a, uh, a fan and a player standpoint. Uh, I don't want you to get any blowback on this, so don't answer if you can't. But uh, since you've been there, what's the least intimidating environment you played? The <laughs> least intimidating. Okay. Um, let me see. Uh, you know, it's the SEC, and so it's really it's really tough to say um, what place that you really just don't feel excited to play in, and 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 not and not know that. Um, like I said. The other team, the opposite, the opponent that we're playing against, not gonna bring that A game, you know. And so, um, at the moment, I really don't. I can't really pick one. Um, everywhere we go, um, and, and wherever we've been playing it since I've been here, it's been really, been really a good game um, from a player standpoint. And then also knowing that, like I said, the crowd um, always gonna bring energy when playing Arkansas and. Of course, the team, the the opposing team is always going to be round up to play Arkansas, you know, because I mean, Arkansas has built 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 up um, um, uh, a team of um, making it tough on guys. Yeah, you've definitely helped restore the reputation for sure. So you're right, teams do get up to play Arkansas. I'm sure you guys get uh, mm-hmm. great environments wherever you go in the league. Hey, let me ask you one more thing, and we'll let you go here. Um, I know you guys are busy during the season, not to mention you're prepping for your next games, but I'm just curious mm-hmm. if you've had a chance to see anything from uh, Caitlin Clark at Iowa, who's oh. set the scoring mark. <laughs> you seen any of her game? Yeah, uh, me and my best friend, we always watch her uh, when, when, we're, when we're at home, um, just sitting down, chilling, and we're not um, getting things done within the, um, our podcast or in the gym or things like that. I feel we watch her, and she's an exciting player. Actually, I talked about her, uh, or I didn't. Uh, one of my teachers brought her up in class, and we uh, spoke about her a little bit. And, um, yeah, she's a tremendous player. Like, <laughs> you do, she's doing things that you just don't see a lot of people doing from a guy standpoint and ladies, you know? So, mm-hmm. Um, she's a yeah, a very exciting player. I heard. Um, I'm not sure. Did she pass the? Um, did she pass Pete Maverick yet? Not quite. She needs another 14 points, points. I think. Yeah, something like uh, that. 14. Uh, yeah. Four, yeah. I, I yeah, I've right. seen that. I've seen. It. Yeah. So yeah. Um, yeah. Like I said, she's very exciting to watch. Yeah. Um, 17 points, and I mean, you can't really just say she's um, not the best women's player right now in college. Um, I mean, it's hard to not say that. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, um, it's it's exciting watching her play. And then um, I also heard that they put her name on a court already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is very rare and crazy. I mean, yeah. I'm not sure how this works. Yep. But, hey, she's making history and she's doing things that a lot of people dream about. And, and, and hey, she's probably never even thought of she had her name on the court while playing field in the collegiate game, yeah. you know. So it's kind of like crazy just knowing that. But yeah, we we um for sure uh, my 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 next podcast with me and my best friend we're gonna you know talk more basketball. And yeah. So um, but yeah, the bas- basketball aspect of things will be talked about on the um, podcast next. And so um, hope hope everybody tune into the next video on that. Well, it's deep. What is it again? Devo on three, or what is it? Devo for three. What's the what's the podcast? Devo for three. Okay. Yeah, Devo for three. D E V O F O R. Then the number three. Gotcha. And so yeah, um, the, yeah. The next podcast is going to be uh, about more basketball, more sports oriented, mm-hmm. and so um, just hope everybody tune in to the little podcast. And yeah, um, the sports um, illustrated part will be more in tune. So okay, very good. Your first podcast is out. Yeah, it's out right now. Uh, we got another one. We uh, will be filming tonight, and we're gonna drop it tomorrow. So, All hope right. everybody be able to tune in and watch. And this is on YouTube, and there's audio versions yes, on Spotify on and such. Okay. Uh huh. All right. Hey, Devo, safe travels, to Lexington, man. Good luck this week, and we'll talk to you next week. All right. Thank y'all. Y'all have a wonderful day. You thank too, buddy. Y'all. Thank you. All right. That's Devo Davis. Ten forty-five. We're back in a second.
every Monday night at 7 during basketball season for the Eric Musselman Show. Coach will break down gameplay and strategy. Brought to you by Genesis of Conway, Arkansas's only Genesis dealership. The all-new Genesis of Conway, now open at 1075 Collier Drive. Hey, Razorback fans, it's Quinn Grovey. Check out the new location of Bell & Sword in Conway. Suits, shirts, vests, also polos with Arkansas logo gear from Johnny O and Peter Millar. A store within a store with Arkansas-made Martin Dingman shoes and leather goods. Fantastic service with a tailor-owned staff to fit you perfectly. Go to the new location, Bell & Sward, 1011 Oak Street, Conway, or on Facebook and Instagram. There is nothing better than calling the Hogs with your fellow Razorback fans. And now is the time to join the team and become a part of the Razorback Foundation. Fans can join for as little as $4.17 per month. The financial support provided by Razorback Foundation members makes a once-in-a-lifetime experience possible for more than 465 student-athletes. Your gifts provide scholarships, academic support, training, and nutrition, as well as professional and personal development assistance. Being a member allows you to access season tickets, priority seating, and parking tailgating, invitations to exclusive coaches and player events, as well as 20% off at Slim Chickens in Northwest Arkansas. Your support will help the Razorbacks continue on the path of success and bring home even more SEC and national championships. Already a member? Great! You have until March 1st to renew your membership. Join by calling 479-443-9000 or visit RazorbackFoundation.com That's 479-443-9000 or RazorbackFoundation.com Go Hogs! Hurry up, dude. The game's about to start. Nothing beats spending the day watching the game with your buddies. Dude, I'm literally right here. Let's do this. Which is why a shelter insurance renter's policy is key to your winning game plan. It protects things your landlord's policy doesn't. Uh, dude, where's your TV? What? No way, dude. Like that flat screen TV that just got stolen. See Agent Steve Ferguson in Little Rock, Bo Beavis in Cabot, or Daniel Vickers in Sherwood. Arkansas broadcast legend Craig O'Neill joins Morning Mayhem each week presented by Petty Jean Meats, locally owned and operated for four generations. With Petty Jean Meats, people always know where their meat is coming from. Made right here in Arkansas. What's going on, everybody? DJ Williams here, and I got to tell you about a really cool deal they got going on with my friends over there at Jones and Son. I'm telling you, you only have a couple more days to take advantage of this 18-month, 0% interest deal they have going on at Jones & Son. Yeah, you heard me right. 0% interest. You're not going to find a better deal in town. Now, you got to buy something over $1,000, and that will be quite easy to do when you're talking about the finest diamond selection that the state has to offer. They also have amazing brands like Michael M., Viraggio. They are on special couture line. They got it all at Jones & Son. Also, when it comes to, you know, the best prices in town well they mean what they say they back that up with a price match guarantee so fellas you still got time to get out there to take advantage of this amazing deal it only lasts through february like i said a couple days left to go ahead and knock this out jones and son yeah he's been there 35 years location is 11121 rodney Parham road tell him dj sent you the zone and the oakland hot spring studio is back oakland Arkansas's only casino resort. Now, let's see what Justin Akri and DJ Williams have to say on the Buzz Radio Network. Now we see the paycheck on whiskey and long necks. Ever since you left trying to figure this out. This jack I've been drinking has been wasted on thinking. Now I got a new reason for throwing... All right, welcome back. It's 1049. Josh Neighbors hanging out with us for a little bit. Chris Kane's coming up next to the top of the hour. We've got Pat Bradley joining us. Thanks to Devo Davis. If you missed it moments ago, that is on our uh, podcast sites or will be real shortly. Uh, Dr. O'Malley in the next hour from UAMS Orthopedics and Mayor Scott will join us next hour. And in the final hour, 
upon the recommendation of the team, we're going to get Chris Alley in here with a review of The Greatest Night in Pop. And it's a story about, or a documentary about, the We Are the World um, song and the making of the song, the making of the video, and the way everything came together on that very special night that raised a whole lot of money for some needy folks. Anyway, that's uh, all happening today. It is also Leap Day, which we have not really referenced much, but happy Leap Day to those of you who uh, get excited about this kind of thing. It was not our question of the day today, but as I told you yesterday, I had a grandfather. Did you tell me you had a relative, too? Uh, sister-in-law. I've never met her, though. So Again, i got to get the backstory on that. There's not really a backstory. They're just not very close, so I've never met them. Yeah? Hmm. Okay. Like, she hasn't seen her in probably 10 years. Okay. So. Well, that's... All right, we'll just leap right over that then. Uh, Wayne Gretzky made his St. Louis Blues debut on this day in 1996, two days after being traded away from the Kings. He scored in his debut, eight goals and 13 assists in 18 games with St. Louis. Gordie Howe, also it's a big hockey day, scored his 800th goal on leap day in 1980. Um, mostly hockey stuff. Hank Aaron signed a three-year contract with the Braves in 1972 on leap day. He was the highest paid player in the MLB at the time. Three years, four. Uh, he was the highest paid MLB player mm-hmm. in 19... 1972. Three years for five million. Three years for three million. Three years for $600,000. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> I knew it. Things have jumped a bunch. Um, so there are a number of professional athletes who were born on... Leap day. My grandfather used to joke that he was like 16 years old when I was a kid. He's like, I'm 16 today. Like, yeah. Tyrese Tyrese Halliburton. Your guy. I was about to say, so today's going to be an interesting birthday trivia, right? There's only like two. Are we even going to play? Because you just said one. Yeah. There's only one left. (laughs) I didn't say how old he was. Tyrese Halliburton's uh, birthday is today. I won't tell you how old he is in leap years, but it is his birthday today. There are four NBA players in history who were born on leap day. Chucky Brown. Uh, he's the only one to play on his birthday. This says of the four players born on Leap Day, Chucky Brown is the only one to play on his birthday. That's hard to believe. Is Tyrese they... Halliburton playing tonight? No, they played yesterday. I don't oh, know. see? That's a bummer. It's Thursday, too, so there's limited schedule. Well, well there's a lot of games today. There weren't too many that um, no, he's not are celebrating. Today. Just a few. So uh, This week in the NBA, and it's interesting, uh, Luca's birthday was yesterday. Luca celebrated his birthday in a fun way yesterday. With a very good performance. He and Caitlin Clark have something in common. Triple doubled. Except it wasn't his birthday. Well, her birthday. That's one of the things. You look over the last three games, yes. This is a team that has shot the ball well. Washington. And the three is good, but... That's some good company, dude. Why not project and say, this is somebody I want to lead my franchise or be someone that we can build around? Makes sense to me. Doncic, double, find Stafford, there you go. It's kind of what you talked about, right? Since January... Why is this highlight so long? It is very strange. I don't know. Well, anyway, it's labeled he had a triple-double. You'll just have to take my word for it. It's two and a half minutes. I'm not going to bore you with it. Were they Uh, putting every single assist in there or something? Yeah, I don't know. How much did the Lakers uh, come back by last night? It was a 21-point comeback, I believe. That's a pretty big deal, even in the NBA. LeBron, big part of it. LeBron, rocking it. Step back. Three on the way. Bottom. LeBron James. The fifth three of this quarter for LeBron James. There's that signature move. And Dave on the other end, in this quarter, he's taking the challenge. LeBron James defending Kawhi Leonard, who catches and drives. Clippers down two. Fall away baseline. Short. Great defense, James. Gets the rebound. Ahead to Reddish with the exclamation point. What a comeback win by the Los Angeles Lakers. And it wasn't just LeBron on the offensive end. Made a great play defensively on Kawhi Leonard to knock it out of bounds. LeBron, your franchise hadn't won a game when they trailed by 19 points or more in 136 straight games over 20 years. This is the largest fourth quarter comeback in your career. How did you do it? Uh, keep the main thing the main thing, keep executing. Uh, the game is not ever ever over until it's uh, 
double zeros, which we see up there. So we just kept fighting, kept getting defensive stops, made some shots. Let me keep the main thing the main thing, Josh. That's the key. It's a very simple game. It's yeah. basketball. Uh, we didn't play this the other day, but I wanted to. And oh, we're so not it's triple zeros, LeBron, not double zeros. Huh? Triple zeros. What do you mean? He said the game's not over until it's double zeros. It's triple zeros. All right. Anyway, thank you for stopping okay. the show for that. Okay. Uh, this is the Cavs radio call. This is from two nights ago. And Luca, luckily it wasn't his birthday. This would have really ruined things. The Cavs beat the uh, Mavericks on a last-second shot from beyond half court. And we like to do this every once in a while. I call it playing it two ways. So you hear from the winning team, and then to hear from the losing team is pretty hilarious as well, usually. Leave it inbound, just to the left of the Cavs bench. All we need Leave is a deflection. Pass deflected by Mobley, but grabbed by Doncic. Doncic bounced underneath the PJ, and he laid it in with 2.6 to go. Cavs out of timeout. Struce into Mobley. Back to Max. Half-court shot. Good! Good! He hit it! Cavs win! This place is going crazy! That's a good call by Tim Alcorn. Good job, buddy. That's a good call. I like that. And they let it breathe a little bit afterwards. You getting on this, Josh? Uh, Mark Folliwell calls Mavs games on television. Probably not nearly as thrilled about the whole thing. Kleba will take the ball out of bounds. I love this guy. Love it a lot more if they make a shot here. Deflection! And Luka comes away with it. Six seconds. Five seconds. Underneath. Washington! 2.6 to go! They're out of timeouts! Dallas leads by one! Mobley! Spruce! Haheem! <laughs> oh no! Max Struz, I don't believe it! We gotta review it! Max Struz hit it from 60 feet! Absolute heartbreak! That's a good call. And good call. he's right. That's a better call by him because it was not a half quarter. It was closer to three quarter court. Yeah, it was. Remarkable. Um, it was the second longest uh, game winner in NBA history, I believe. The first, Devontae Graham, a couple years ago against the Thunder. Okay. I love it. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's such a good oh, call. No. Yeah. He hit it from 60 feet. That's fantastic. Yeah, I liked it. Um, all right. We're almost up against it here. Josh, thanks for hanging out with us. It was a pleasure. Go do something. Got to start getting ready for state tournaments next week. Yep. Hard uh, to believe. It's upon us. Yeah, man. I mean, I'm go home to my podcast. Uh, I am going to start prepping for that. I expect, How long is your podcast? 20 minutes every day. I expect 10 minutes to be on Iowa State thumping Oklahoma and playing the best defense that's ever been played in Hilton Coliseum. It's been, it's been pretty standard for them. Winning at Hilton Coliseum has been pretty academic for them. Boy, it's funny, too, because you go back to the beginning of the year, Oklahoma, they're ranked, they were overachieving, and I, I watched them in person. I was like, this team does not have much talent. Yeah, no, they don't. Obviously, they're well-coached. They're, they're more well-balanced than they've been in the past. But They're, they're also, yeah. Hughley's out, right? Is that his name? The, yeah. The, the fourth? Yes. Um, he's like Neil, he's like their, no, he's like their third or fourth leading scorer though. So, but they are uh, ooh, struggling. They're they're hard to watch offensively. They're a good defensive team too though. The under was like easy money. Yeah, candy from a baby. Iowa State at home unders are pretty good. Oh, mm. they they put a lot of points on. That's teams. the problem. Yeah. Anyway, I do love me some Lipsy too. All right, that's that. We'll quit nerding out about Big 12 hoops. Did Stay you know tuned. Arch Marine is the kayak leader in Central Arkansas? Right now, get 20% off all feel-free kayaks. All the prices are falling on kayaks this month. Don't forget, we repair ATVs. Your granddaddy trusted Arch Marine, and so can you. I know when we can finally catch them Duke boys. I love it. You got a new speed trap, Roscoe? No, boss. It 